This is the Yoga in the City podcast, talking life, sex, practice, and relationships. I am your host, Nush. Welcome to another episode of Yoga in the City. Today I am sitting with Leonie together, and she is a business owner, mom, and basically my boss too. <laughs> so um, I would just like to give you the chance to introduce yourself. Yes, um, my name is Leonie. Um, I'm one of the co-founders of Yoga on the Move and yeah, I'm also, as you said, a mother of two little twin girls. Um, I became mother about three years ago and yeah, I'm super happy to be here. So you actually opened the studio pretty much at the same time as you got the babies, right? How was it exactly? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was um, an extremely challenging part of my life um, because basically when COVID just started, um, my partner and I were in Thailand at that time and I got pregnant and we got back to Berlin with one of the um, last flights by the government and then once we arrived here I got to know that I'm pregnant with twins and um, this is somehow when yeah a little bit of anxiety started in within myself um, because I had this project yoga on the move together with Marlene and I thought once the twins will pop out I will just not be able to continue any longer because once the kids there there will be so much to do and I need a job that actually saves my income at that point so I got really nervous and I started um, looking for locations all over Berlin um, to yeah, actually find a home for our community and a space that also um, brings us or brought us through the um, COVID pandemic yeah yeah i guess the good thing was that even before you started with the physical studio you've already had created your brand and you were teaching around berlin in different studios so i guess you had a following already and then how many years did you do that so before we started the studio space um we had yoga on the move for three years Mm -hmm. and we were renting out different locations around the city, um, mostly yeah, special spaces like art galleries um, or a chapel as well, or we did yoga outdoors, which was at that time something still quite new. It was not something that everybody did. And um, yeah, this is how we started creating our own um, following in the first place. And this following basically allowed us to grow our brand in an organic way. Um, yeah. We didn't need a lot of investment. Um, we didn't have a lot of money before that. We were students, basically. Our parents did not support us with the project. So, um, yeah, we grew this um, by ourselves. And um, we also opened a studio with 
the earnings that we had during that that year right so i guess it's nice to hear that even people even when people open their studios it's not that the work started then it usually starts way before in your case and back in those days was it was it only you two teaching or did you have a bit of a team um, yeah, we started um, in the beginning, just the two of us, but um, the first winter when I went to Thailand, I needed a replacement um, for my own classes. And that's how Dania um, joined our team. Mm. And she's actually still one of the teachers at Yoga on the Move. She also became pregnant as, at the same time as me. Mm. Um, so we have yeah a special connection. and. Um, she was the first one joining and then um, by the time um, as our brand grew and as the demand also grew, um, we brought more teachers into the team as well. Yeah. And when you look back at what you have created, are you? what are the things that you wanted to implement into your studio or community? What's important to you? Which aspects? do you think are you mean in the physical space or both like how would you describe the yoga on the move community or the space what kind of people are you trying to attract to the studio basically what's your target group <laughs> <laughs> um yeah when we first started out Malena and I were quite young we was we were still studying and um Obviously, we also attracted really young people to our community, um, mostly students, even still some people who were still going to school. And the older that we got, um, the older the people that we attracted. And now um, that we both turned 30, <laughs> I feel that our community is also um, starting to become more adult than it used to be. Yeah. And um, even though I think it's still quite a young community compared to other studios. Um, and for the physical lo location, um, for the space itself, um, I was, yeah, mostly inspired by all the different locations that we had rented out before. And, um, I have been starting to find out like what is important to support the practice of yoga. What does it need? Mm. Um, how does the energy have to travel through the room? Mm -hmm. um, and basically that is how yeah I first started to outline the space as well. Um, and then, yeah, and then the furniture and natural materials and so on. But the first thing is really for me, how, what does that space feel like energetically hmm. and how can we support that energy flow through the room so that yeah. it supports the practice? Yeah. Do you ever feel like you want to change it completely at some point? Or I do. Yeah. <laughs> or are you like really happy with what it is now? Yes. I'm not going to change anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think it's also very beautiful, but I just have that sometimes once 
I don't know, I just get attracted to different things at different times and then sometimes I feel, okay, I need to change my style now or the colors that I'm wearing or, you know, but I guess it's a lot of work if you would change your studio all the time. Yes, I mean, I definitely see your point and I'm also, um, I also tend to change and have new ideas, new inspirations and but uh, for the new projects, I wouldn't implement it in the same space, but rather start another space or a new project or a new location uh, where I can implement those new ideas. So there is another space that you're looking at? <laughs> <laughs> not yet, um, not yet. But yeah, right now my partner and I were definitely trying to figure out where we want to live um, long term and um, looking at different places around Germany mostly. Yeah. Um, also around Berlin, um, just yeah, trying to figure out where is the best place to stay with the two little ones. Because I, I love Berlin, I love especially Schöneberg and it is a good place to be with kids, but sometimes I feel like I would like to have a garden or more nature around. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, and if we decide to move somewhere, I would definitely have to uh, take yoga on the move there as well in one way or the other. So let's say you're moving to the mountains. Would you take <laughs> the studio as well? Or what are you thinking? Um, yeah, if we would move to the mountains, I would definitely try to open a yoga center yeah. there. Because for me, that is also the... It, it's mainly why I started Yoga on the Move in the first place is because I always had this vision of an ashram or of like a bigger place uh, mm. for the community that is surrounded by nature. And it just it's just a long path to get there. Definitely. And I'm not sure yet if we are at that point already, but yeah, trying to figure out when is the right moment. Yeah. And once you have children, you are also, you have to kind of play around what they need as well. Let's say when they start school or, um, yeah, I guess preschool and now is pretty easy. Like, for example, right now you are planning to go for a year to Nepal. Mm -hmm. But once your children start school, it won't be that easy anymore, I guess, to go somewhere with them unless they attend a school there. Yes, for sure. I mean, even now, I, I wouldn't have thought that it feels so hard to leave everything behind. Um, because um, probably when we come back um, they will not be able to get into the same kita again. But they have really good friends there. Um, we are also friends with the parents and it really feels like a really good place for them. And of course it's, um, it's kind of sad to let this behind mm. and also me being responsible for them having to leave it behind. Mm. Um, because I mean I always used to used to do my thing and like be guided by my intuition and just follow it and just travel for for winters or for long times and I was never responsible for somebody but now I know that I'm 
I'm taking the responsibility for others to leave their lives behind as well. Yeah. And that is, yeah, it's kind of a hard feeling. For sure. And then you don't have one, you have even two little ones. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How do they feel about moving to Nepal now? Are they excited? Yes, they are kind of excited. (laughs) I mean, they don't, I think they don't really get what it really means. Um, We have shown them photos. They know that there are mountains in Nepal and they talk quite a lot about it. Um, So that's really cute. But I think none of us really knows what we're getting ourselves into there. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, but it is so exciting, I guess, to go with the whole family and just be where where exactly are you going to be um so my partner or now husband um he's from nepal um his father is from nepal and um his father also still has a house in Kathmandu. um so he built us an extra room there um that um for the for the beginning at least um we can stay in that house together with um, my husband's brother Um, who also lives there Mm -hmm. um, and the brother's family and this is yeah that's gonna be our base and there we have this um, big family network we have people who support us and they know how to get around the city and um, but then my um, my intention is not to stay in Kathmandu the entire time because it's a really dirty city there's a lot of smog it's um last time i was there the relatives wouldn't let me go out of the house or even into the garden because the air was just too polluted wow and i feel it's not the best place really to be with children yeah and um so yeah i hope that from there we can kind of find our way maybe move into pokhara for a while yeah which is a lot quieter in the mountains at the lakeside i saw pictures of that place i've never went but i have friends who also live there and they just say it's really really beautiful yeah it is so you should try to go there lovely so i do want to ask a few more questions about because you own a studio and i have a lot of listeners who are Um, just at their yoga teaching journey at the beginning and they might be wondering about how how would they get a job at a studio what would you as an owner say is the best way to introduce yourself because it's not like a normal company where you hand in your cv and um wait for a call back I guess you get messages almost every day about people wanting to teach so what would be an advice you will give a young person who is about to start teaching yoga um, yes yeah when we started yoga on the move it was definitely easier I think to um, to become part of it and we we were more more open and looking for people and now we have the studio space and it's basically filled up the entire schedule is filled up so it's even for the teachers who are already there it's sometimes hard to get them as many classes as they would like to do 
and everything is a little bit limited. I think it mostly depends on space. If we would open a new studio now, um, of course, we were looking for new teachers as well. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is, this is also a way that you could look at it if you're looking for a job and um, maybe check which studios are open, opening up and mm. new branches. And I feel like nowadays there's so many studios around the city and they keep opening up a second one, a third one, almost every year, some of them. So I feel like there is a lot of demand and just, um, yeah, if I were a new teacher, I would follow that probably. Yeah, yeah. So look for spaces which are about to open most likely they will be looking for um, new people and um, I guess sometimes people come and even if you don't have space you will like make them space what <laughs> you know I'm talking about Alex <laughs> we're not allowed to oh. say names but yeah like for example someone rocks up super beautiful young man schedule is full (laughs) how like what do you look for and let's say is it a plus if someone has a big branding a lot of followers um great looks (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah um charm is definitely important (laughs) um but we are definitely not looking at um, the followers or the branding. Um, so if you're te- talking about this particular <laughs> teacher, um, we basically, we haven't checked his Instagram, but he kept um, coming to our classes. He kept talking to us after class. And at some point, I think he convinced Marlene to uh, for a test session or something like that. Mm. Um, so it's really um, a lot about um, showing your face um, coming again and again and just um, keep um, yeah following that. I would agree with what you say because whenever I wanted to be part of a specific studio, I would get myself, for example, a um, membership for a month and I would go almost every day, make sure that I get to know every teacher and then also figure out if I see myself there too because sometimes you see something, it's nice, but then you go there and it doesn't really resonate with you. So it could be a good way to also finding out if that's the good space for you and then talking to the people and, you know, just step by step introducing yourself so people have a face and then... You never know. Sometimes you have to also be a little bit lucky. For example, if you know you're asking at a time where three teachers are going away, of mm. course, most likely they will keep you. But if everything is full, um, like let's say winter is a good time actually because a lot of teachers travel, <laughs> and uh, it's hard to find coverage for their classes. So sometimes studios will take in new people but yeah I guess if you have someone who's very charming who's attracting people and who is generally with a positive attitude you're most likely to be um, 
welcomed there. And um, have you ever had to let go of a teacher after some time because something didn't work out or? Um, I think most teachers who left, they left on their own um, mm. purpose because they moved away or because they their yoga style developed in a different direction. Um, but there were points at Yoga on the Move where we implemented new, let's say, rules. Um, for example, at some point we decided that we want all of the teachers to have at least 500 hours of training experience and um, we gave the whole, te uh, the whole team more than a year of time to like think about what trainings I would like to do and, um, and follow that. And then um, there was one teacher um, who actually hadn't done any yoga teacher training. Wow, um, yeah. Um, she had a lot of experience in teaching and she was a really good teacher. People loved her. Um, she had a lot of knowledge about the body and about other yeah, dance practices. And um, But she never did this particular 200 hour or 300 hour yoga teacher training. And just for the fairness of everybody else, of people actually spending money to do their 300 hour training now, after they had already completed the 200 hours, we decided that we had to let um, her go. Mm. Do you know her reasons why she didn't want to do those trainings? Um, I think she, she had been teaching for a really long time and um, I guess she felt really confident in it and she also read a lot by herself mm. and she practiced a lot of yoga every day in, in classes as well as in her life. Mm. Um, so yeah, I can, I can also really see her perspective in a way because what, um, what a teacher knows is, is the part of it, which is the the 200 hour and the 300 hour training is really small yeah and yeah what what they know is a lot um yeah above that <laughs> exactly so i actually had an episode talking about especially these courses and questioning a little bit about how useful are they to have because on one hand side yes this is what most yoga studios will look for like are you yoga alliance certified which trainings did you do but then again having done those trainings i see how little you actually learn in terms of the actual teachings because you basically scratch the surface of everything i mean what is great is that for a month or about 28 days you practice really intensely so you will have long days doing all sorts of different practices and I think it's nice to go through that also with your physical body to be like really exhausted but then keep pushing it's like a little boot camp um, but at the end of it I would personally say that you know it's much more important what you do after because you get all of these little glimpses and then you can go into the world and you can do your own learning and dive into 
the topics because sometimes people have so much confidence with a 500 hour training and I'm like don't talk to me <laughs> I don't care I mean it's probably a good training and I'm sure you like got something but what did you do afterwards you know and also how did you do it have you some people teach and learn yoga with so much devotion and you know it's coming from an honest place and then also you have others I mean I don't want to put anyone in a bad light but I do think that because yoga has become so commercialized people have this idea of who I want to be you know having beautiful yoga clothes having a beautiful Instagram where you show your beautiful asana practice so some people are also attracted to that image they create of someone being holy or wearing white now and preaching a little bit but it doesn't come it just comes from a different different place i guess um and just recently i did one training where you know no one gave me a certificate no one no one even said congratulations because <laughs> we were all I mean, we did this intense 30-hour training and at the end we were like, wow, thank you so much for showing us what we have to do on our own now rather than collecting hours and being like, I am now 700 hours certified. Like, no one gives a shit about this actually unless, yeah, you're applying for a job maybe. <laughs> um, do you have any thoughts on that? Yes, so for me the best yoga training that I have ever had was um, having children. Wow, yeah. <laughs> yes, so this is, that is definitely something that goes beyond everything else I have done before and it's just, it's such a huge challenge to, I mean you're a teacher, you know something about it at least. <laughs> Help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, working with children is tough. Yes, um, it's it's such a big challenge. Um, having having two babies was, yeah, was really not easy. And um, the only way I was really able to deal with all these feelings that that came up and this huge transformation of my life was yoga. And mm. it was um, using everything that I have learned every single day and um, working on my mind, working on my emotions, working on controlling them um, to, yeah, to get into that place of being a parent, um, which, yeah, which I wasn't used to before. before. And um, I have people, I see people judging me for, um, I mean, I'm definitely practicing less on the mat than I used to do before. I'm practicing less asana practice, um, less, um, yeah, less at home practice. Um, but when I see people judging me for that, I, I know at least for myself that the practice that I do is um, even deeper than that, I would say. 100%, yeah. Don't let anyone tell you anything less. They don't have children, so they have no idea, <laughs> most likely. And, you know, Ramdas said once, 
if you think you are enlightened, go and spend a week with your family. Yes. <laughs> this is so true because whenever, for example, I go to India, I usually go to my parents' house because I fly from this, that airport. And I will go to India, I will do like all these peaceful things and I'll think so much of myself and how calm and I am and how such a beautiful practice I have. And then I will go home and spend two days with my family and my dad triggers so much inside of me that, you know, it takes 10 minutes and I'm a completely different person and then I have to like revisit that stage later on and be like wow how did you do that how did you go from there to there and then you go back to your practice and then you practice that and it is this like circle so i totally resonate with what you say and actually the asana practice will become less and less eventually because we are getting older our bodies are not able to take everything anymore and um other parts of the practice will become more important, especially when we are closer to death, right? We will maybe ask ourselves different questions or let go of a lot of things that we're holding on to right now. Um, yeah, so don't let them tell you anything less. My mother always says, you will understand what I'm going through when you have your own children. Mm. And... Maybe one day I will understand. <laughs> um, how else? What, what are the current topics or things that you are interested in yoga? Which um, At the moment, I'm mostly um, interested in the energetic parts of yoga. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like actually a lot of teachers of our team now um, are getting more into kundalini yoga and um, different yoga styles that work even more with energies mm -hmm. and um, yeah that is for me definitely the field of interest that I'm reading books about currently also checking signs on it from time to time because um, it's something that the chakras and all these energetic things have been left out of science for a long time but now at this point um, they actually start to be discovered through a scientific point of view as well um, so this is also something I'm getting into right now and that I want to implement also more into our trainings mm. because even though for me for me personally the best science that there is is understanding things by yourself through your own consciousness but um, in order for our society to understand these things science is still a really good um, tool yeah and yeah I want to bring this also closer to the people through our trainings and this is something I'm especially working um, towards for the training in India um, that we are hosting in autumn that I want to update all the workshops and all the manuals that we have mm. from a more scientific perspective as well. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, I will also, um, we're going to Nepal now and I'm also planning to deepen my practice there. And I feel like India and Nepal for me is not the specific um, place to dive deeper into 
sequencing or to dive deeper into the anatomics uh, of yoga mm. um, but there what I can really get is the knowledge about energies yep. Tana, um, yeah definitely yeah. I would say that when it comes to creative creative sequencing the Western teachers and schools are actually quite advanced and creative because people want to do these things more here or for some for some way we are more attracted to it but when you go to its roots of the practice it is more traditional more um, focused on other things um, like you said energetics people are really doing this to liberate themselves and you can feel that that that's their main goal if you would ask that in the studios here people would be like what the hell <laughs> i mean there are some who are interested in this um aspect of yoga as well but most of them are fine with just doing asana practice so that's really interesting that you will dive into those topics in the next year are you a little bit sad that you are going to leave the little studio behind <laughs> yes i am actually um i feel that at the moment we um yeah we have we have a broad team now the office team um consists of five people now and the teachers team is around 20 to 25 people and I, re I really feel that Marlene and I have created our own little family there and we are obviously attracting people in a way that are attracted to us or to one of us <laughs> and um, yeah um, so we have created our own little family there and um, it's I'm definitely sad to leave that behind I love my job more than anything and um, I'm happy every day that I go to work and that I can do what I do and, and be surrounded by those people as well um, so this is definitely something I'm going to miss mm. um, but at the same time I know that I'm coming back and normally coming back to Berlin nothing much has changed <laughs> <laughs> you never know <laughs> We might have new couples in the studio <laughs> or breakouts. <laughs> Do we have couples? No, right now, we, right? I mean, we have almost no man in our team. Uh, <laughs> change that, please, before you go. <laughs> well, actually, um, we're getting the third man into our team before I leave. Wow. That's all I can do for now. Okay. <laughs> Okay, that's nice. Um, but I do have to say, I mean, those men that I've met who are into yoga, <laughs> no, they were all just a bit weird. <laughs> did you ever date someone who is into yoga? Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> How did that end? Um, I think there were two different experiences that I had and they were both um, really short, <laughs> quick ending. <laughs> Not very satisfying. <laughs> oh my god. So last Friday, just a few days ago, I went on an online dating app, Date. And 
I hadn't told this person that I'm teaching yoga, but when we were talking, I, you know, said that I am teaching English at a school and I'm also a yoga teacher. And he was really, really turned off by that. So he said something like, oh, you're so white. So I guess you went to Bali and Thailand and you did your trainings and now you're like teaching in Berlin. I What got did you say? You're so white? White, yeah. <laughs> like what white people would do, you okay. know? It's, um, yeah. So I was really shocked when he said that. And then he instantly, after an hour, he was like, I guess we can go home now because this is not going anywhere. And you are too calm for me. <laughs> he said, I'm too calm. So he basically just like left. Just because you're not partying every night? or <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess so. But I've never had that that someone... Um, like didn't like the fact that I'm a yoga teacher but fair enough I mean at least he was honest about it yes very <laughs> honest very much in your face <laughs> I mean I couldn't date anyone who hates yoga like if yes. someone would hate it and um, not appreciate my work and because he was basically you know, calling me off because I'm doing this. So if someone that I'm dating would do that and has this attitude, I would also be, no. I don't need anyone else who teaches yoga or is crazy, crazy into it, but at least someone who isn't judging it so harshly. Yes, of course. I mean, for me, what's the, what I have found as the most important in a man or in a partner is that we share the same system of values yeah and um, yoga is transforming the, the value system of oneself so much um, it's a whole philosophy that we are diving into and yeah. princip ethical principles that we're living our life upon and um, so it is not this regular set of values that other German people have or mm. um, it's um, yeah and I feel that in a relationship this is that's one of the most important aspects is it has to match somehow for sure for sure I think this guy I lost when I said that um, I can do it in my next life because <laughs> There's the concept of reincarnation. <laughs> He was like, what the fuck <laughs> are you talking about? <laughs> no, I mean, for, for me, one of the reasons why I'm together with a um, half Nepali um, man is that he shares the same system of values from his birth on. Mm -hmm. And this is all that his father has um, taught him and brought into his life. And um, for him, it's one of the most natural things to talk about the moon or to talk about energetics or mm. um, to talk about the second life. Um, it's yeah. something that is not so much questioned in India or in Nepal. Yeah. And yeah, that was for me one of the reasons what made it so easy for us um, to match and to get together in this relationship. Of course, later on, I found out that 
it has also um, difficult aspects um, to be together with a half Nepali guy um, whose father is from Nepal and he has a whole different image of man mm. um, than we are used to um, in Germany or in the West. And um, first of all, when we had when we got the children, the first years were really difficult because his um, idea of being a father was just so different from what I had in mind. Um, mm. For me, everything had to be 50-50, everything has to be equal and fair. And for him, it was just clear from the beginning that he was not to, supposed to be involved in the childcare or in the household or anything. Mm. And that is something that we really had to work on a lot and go through a lot of um, couple therapy as well. And now it turned out actually quite well mm. <laughs> after three years. And I still think it's easier though to work on that part than working on an actual system of belief behind somebody definitely definitely i agree i mean for my family coming from the middle east it was pretty much the same so usually the woman is in charge for running the household taking care of the kids and you know the dad is just like coming in and out every now and then has no real schedule and is basically living as a single dad <laughs> Um, that was quite horrible actually to see, but I guess I am more aware now of everything to change it with my own children if I have them or my own partner one day, but that's definitely something you can work on and you've said therapy, so um, going somewhere, asking for help, which was also not very common let's say 30 years ago is now being a lot more accepted and this can be quite beneficial yes for us it really saved our relationship i have to say because we talked about the same stuff at home and we never really got to a conclusion but once there was a third person listening to us hmm. um everything that we said or every word that we said got a whole different value yeah and um yeah it really um, allowed us or especially now to start changing mm. things yeah yeah beautiful um so we have almost come to the end of the podcast do you have anything else you would like to share or do you no <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i haven't thought about anything specific i'm happy that i um could participate in your podcast um before going to nepal i feel like um i want to give people something some background information or something from me before i leave so they have something to get back to or to rely just a piece of me that I can leave here. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and what I just remembered was, you know, you were actually the person who suggested me doing a podcast. <laughs> so when I, when we had this more or less joke going around of, yeah, this is yoga in the city. This is so yoga in the city. I was thinking about having a Netflix show. <laughs> 
Just dreaming big, always. <laughs> I always go a little bit too big in my head because I get caught and then I think the idea bigger and bigger and I'm like, wow, this could be so good. But then I don't really start anywhere because the idea is too big. But then at some point you said in the studio, ah, why don't you start with a podcast? And that really opened a whole new door for me. So thank you for inspiring me. Of course, yes. No, I really, what I enjoy one of the most of leading a team is to also to get to put my input wherever I can and really doesn't matter if it's something that serves our brand or that serves the person I feel somehow I feel responsible for everybody who works at us and I want to help everybody I have a few <laughs> more ideas which I'm going to share with <laughs> <Okay>. you <laughs> They're also quite big, so maybe you have something to give me to work on. <laughs> so thank you so much, Leonie, for being here today. And I wish you all the best on your travels. And I'm sure we're going to see some beautiful pictures. Yes, my Instagram is going to get reactivated, hopefully. <laughs> thank you so much, everyone, for listening. As always, if you have questions, feel free to ask. And I will talk to you next time.